welcome to the Good Bottle Podcast. Join Chris and Drew, two self-proclaimed booze pundits with a lifetime of industry experience as they walk you through the alcohol business and how today's headlines affect the industry. Each week, you guys will be joined by a special guest that will help them break down these stories and offer their own expertise to the podcast. So, pour yourself a glass of your favorite drink and sit back. This is the Good Bottle Podcast. What is up to my beautiful guests and all the listeners out there? We have made it through yet another season of the Good Bottle Podcast. This is uh, season three, episode 40, if y'all can believe it. And you have hung in this long. And God, I really hope it's been worth it for you guys. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But uh, this is Chris and Claire. Uh, I am the uh, co-host of the Good Bottle Podcast. And uh, the voice you're about to hear next is very annoying. And it's uh, Mr. Drew Garrison. What's up, buddy? It's only annoying because it speaks truth to you offline and in front of other people. And that's what bothers you about it. So I'm doing great. I can't believe that we're that we're three seasons into this. And more importantly, that we're 40 episodes this year, um, which, if my math is correct, means that we, you know, that we only missed really 12 weeks this year which for a situation where you don't get paid to do this um pretty pretty amazing um and i think and i also think that like this year and i and i know that the numbers reflect it but taking it a little bit more serious and really trying to put the effort in having the right sound drops having the right guest has led to what i consider our most successful season. And so Chris, I want to thank you for that because obviously you are a huge part of it. And I want to, Oh my God, I did something right. That's incredible. You all heard that. This is like living on the internet forever. It is out there. It's in ether. It's uh, it's going to be in the metaverse soon. It's incredible. This, This will never go away. Yeah, and and it is forever, and I'm sure I'll regret it because anytime I'm complimentary of anybody, they just throw it in my face every five seconds. Give me five minutes. Um, I'll figure out a way. (laughs) <laughs> but uh but also thank you all of our listeners i mean it's been great i love the fact that um there's just more and more people that approach me and are like i listen to the podcast and i really enjoy it and i just think that that's so crazy and and we've talked about it before on this on this show like before when we started it the original intention was like let's just record these conversations that we're having anyways and then as we started to get um you know, more, more of a focus on guests and whatnot, it really became a vehicle for us to just talk to people that we like and give us an excuse to have those conversations. And it, and it will always blow my mind how many people are willing to give us their time to talk about booze and talk about just the most random shit at times. And I just think that is amazing. And, um, and not only is it amazing when you get like a new guest, it's even more amazing when you get a repeat guest because, they know how things go down and they're like, yeah, I'll do it again. Um, and that's, and that's the case uh, tonight. Our buddy Tesh, you're back. Our big hey, brown baby, sommelier. Like it's just, uh, he's, he's back. He's back in the guest spot. Um, you're going to be part of a very, very special episode today. Uh, one that we'll get into a little bit after uh, we, we reintroduce the listeners to you, but, um, but Tesh, Welcome. Thank you Thank for you. being here. Uh, why don't you give a little bit of an update on uh, on what's going on in your life, and and maybe and also maybe for some of our new listeners who haven't 
done the due diligence and gone back to listen to uh, your episode. I mean, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. We'll go from there. All right, cool. Well, thank you guys for having me back on. Um, man, I, I'm busy. I find myself being busy all the time now, which is a good problem in the midst of, of everything, you know, in the midst of coming out of 2019, 2020. <clears throat> but um, no, man, so I, I'm staying busy with winewithtesh.com. Uh, which is my online retail wine shop. You know, I do virtual tastings and uh, that has now transitioned in, into uh, a part of that being in-person tastings, uh, which has been a huge thing over the last two months. Uh, and it just keeps getting better and better, which is really, really cool. Uh, so I'm doing that. Uh, I do these uh, virtual tastings for a third-party company called Host Events that actually Drew, you put me in touch with. That's been dope. Appreciate You're you. You're welcome, sir. And then, uh, and then I'm also the I'm also a sommelier, an official sommelier uh, at a at a building again. So I'm I'm the sommelier at, a at, the, at the Sutter Club. At a I was building. Like, I was like, is he allowed to say that? Or at an, like, an, <laughs> at an establishment. There you go. That's better. I've got a roof and um, everything. Yeah, man. <laughs> There's walls. They feed us. No, it's cool, man. So it's it's nice to be back. Uh, it's nice to be back in the som position. Uh, tasting wine regularly, serving dope wines, and just introducing people uh, in that environment because uh, I missed it. I missed I missed like the serving aspect a little bit, um, and it's it's nice at the at the club because it's uh, it's just a little bit more low key, not as intense uh, as being a sommelier in a dining room someplace like Ella or the kitchen, you know. Yeah, so you know the the Sutter Club is is for sure like one of the oldest institutions in um in sacramento right Absolutely. Um, the few times that i've gotten to uh to meet you over there and, and do some tastings and you know, we did an event together as well it's like you know you look at these you look at these walls and it's just like it's like oh that is that is back in the 1800s that this picture has just been up there the whole time like yeah it's I, ca- I, call that, I call that i call that that wall of photos the wall of diversity oh god it is um <laughs> Uh, Chris, Chris, have you ever been to the Sutter Club? I have. Uh, not, not a very, not a very progressive place for a very long time. Um, and it's and and you can't help but to think about that, like every single time that you're in there, especially well, I mean, then just like when it's drenched in in monochrome. Really, I mean, yeah. <laughs> most, I mean, most it's, people it's in there be- might mistake Tesh for a shadow. <laughs> it's uh, it, it is interesting, and it's like. It is funny because you you do look at this wall that just looks like everything that people have been complaining about for the past year and a half, and and then <laughs> and then Tesh turns the corner and you're just kind of like it's like I was like I wonder what you know Frederick Beauregard from you know 1913 would think of this you know and uh, but I but I. I will say, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a really great place and it's always really fun uh, to go in there. Cause it's just, it's so steeped in history and it's like, you know, you're, you're kind of, you know, just, and even in the different rooms and the different themes, it's just like, it's just crazy. You're just kind of like, man, there's not, there's not a whole lot of places I feel like in California that you can really kind of get that feeling, especially in Sacramento because things have been modernized so much. You know, um, it's not like you're in a place like Philadelphia where it's just it's around you constantly. Um, 
Whereas like in Sacramento, you kind of have like they're they are there. They do exist, but you kind of have to seek them out a little bit. And so it's cool to hang out in a building that you're like, you're like, wow, this place has been around for a long time. This really is an institution. And it's kind of cool to, um, you know, now have a buddy who's putting his own stamp on it. So um, so it's awesome, man. We're we're excited for you. And of course, the the wine with Tesh is amazing. We just finished up the 12 days of Teshmas. So, yeah, uh, man. that was uh uh, you know, this is the second year in a row that you've done this, and this is where you release 12 different bottles of wine. And they are 375s, which is great because then you can kind of like a glass for myself, glass for my wife. But I think there's definitely now doing this two years in a row where it's like, it's like, wow, I really need a sober January because I feel <laughs> I just feel waterlogged at this point. So. Well, you know, you know, that's a funny point because, uh, you know, I had told you that, like, I thought about like doing 750 formats next year and yeah. you're like, please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's fair, right. I mean, like, get, like throw, throw them back a bottle of wine a night for 12 days in a row for most people isn't really in the cards. So now nah, the 375s are dope. And thank you for participating two years in a row. Uh, it is fun. And it, it everybody everybody's really drawn to it and every year like more and more people are jumping on board with that so it's really cool awesome that's good to hear um are you are you sipping on anything right now man i'm sipping on a uh, uh water <laughs> the <laughs> finest roseville's finest right now <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, i hear they got filters yeah no i'm not yeah i'm not sipping on anything anything special i'm just trying to stay hydrated yeah totally understand chris what about you man are you sipping on anything I I actually am. I'm drinking some uh, Highland Park Dark Origins. Uh, Ooh, beautiful, beautiful bottle. It's completely like blacked out bottle. It's gorgeous. Terrible for uh, keeping pars, but uh, you know I don't have to do that because it's in my house. Um, yeah, just gorgeous, gorgeous uh, gift of a whiskey brought to me by our our friend uh, Eric McDonald, who uh, who works. For the company and uh, brought it to me for my 40th birthday and I am I am sipping on it and it's delightful. What a gem. That guy's a real he's a real mensch. I'll tell you right now. That's a goddamn fact. Yeah, good. Good guy. Really good guy. Um, awesome. Well, hey, you guys, we have a really fun episode. So, you know, typically we do our top stories. We do our dope follows and things like that. But we thought that um you know with this being the last episode of the year that we would put together something a little bit different uh and we would talk about not necessarily what we did last year you know last year we did like our favorite of and it was a it was a nice long episode and it was a lot of fun but we wanted to change it up a little bit we wanted to make it a little bit more challenging and we also wanted to include you the listeners into this so basically what we're going to do is we're going to draft teams and these teams are made up of a few different categories. And after the draft is done, we're going to post these on Instagram. We're going to put them on Spotify. We're going to put them in as many venues as we can get them into. And then we're going to have you guys vote on them. And then we will uh, announce the winners next week. And that'll be crowned the, the inaugural champion of the Good Bottle Draft. So with that being said, I'm going to give you guys the categories first. So even you can maybe play at home. But it's going to be you need a draft for the following quote unquote positions uh, cocktail, a spirit, a wine, a booze book, a booze movie for those who don't like to read a innovation product, which is that will be something that had to come out in the year 2021, 
and then a piece of barware. So again, cocktail, spirit, wine, booze book, booze movie, innovation product, and barware. Um, Tesh, I need you to give me a number between one and seven. Three. Three. Okay, I am going to random.org slash list. I have our three names in there, and I'm going to randomize this list three times. Did they pay us for that plug? That was good. No, but I thought it would be necessary. There's one. Again, there's two. And then now, for our drafting order, it will be Chris has the number one pick. Tesh has the number two pick. I have the number three pick. And what we're going to do is a snake draft. So Chris will pick, Tesh will pick, I'll pick, and then I'll pick again, and then Tesh, and then Chris, and then just so on and so on and so on. Like a snake draft. Let me go from there. So with all that said, do you guys have your prospects in front of you? Yeah. And are we going in order of category? No, you can pick in any order you want. So if you value a strong booze movie versus a cocktail, then you go ahead and do that. Because what you're trying to do is you're trying to build a solid team. You got to keep in mind, is this going to be for the crowd or is this for me? What's your team going to be made of? So so think of that strategy as well. There's no auto draft um, button in here, which I'm used to doing. There is no auto draft. Thank God. Um, (laughs) So... If you have your prospects, you have your beverage of choice. Are you guys ready to draft? Let's do it. Hit that music, Chris. Yeah! Wish it was a little bit longer, like really got into it, like that running man kind of part. But, um, but it was still really good. All right. So, Chris, you are on the clock. Who is your first round draft pick? It's funny that you, you uh, said exactly that, and I, I am going with uh, Booze Movie first. And I'm going, I'm going with Bottle Shock, baby. Oh! You can see the crowd and the fans of Drew's team all disappointed that they just oh, are, one of their top prospects went off the list. Okay, Bottle yeah. Shock, tell us a little bit about it for the people all who right. don't know. Uh, uh, so, so the story is, uh, it's a fictionalized ver- uh, retelling of the story of, uh, of Napa becoming... A, uh, a world-renowned uh, a wine region and uh, it, it sort of talks about the the battle of uh, battle of what is it battle of Paris battle of France what is it what is it Tesh it's the, called the judgment of Paris judgment of Paris that, thank you that's what it is that battle it seems <laughs> seems very uh, you know ba- hey. battle sounded cooler yeah that was way cooler it's a, <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, well, when that take place 1978 uh, I think it was 1973. Okay. Don't quote me on that, though. Uh, I won't. Basically, the moral <laughs> of the story is go home and watch this movie so we can yeah. all figure it out. Alan Rickman. Alan yep. Rickman, first of all. Uh, uh, Chris, not Chris Klein. Chris. Uh, Chris Pine. Chris Pine. 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 Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, what's his face from uh, from Spaceballs? Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. That's right, baby. <laughs> Are you sure you like this movie? Why I did love you this movie? movie. It is, it is, I love this it movie. It's a great movie. Oh, this movie is fantastic. Movie. Uh, it's so good. I, I had to make sure that I locked this one in. That's my choice. That's a great. That's a great pick. I I do love that movie. And you know, it's it's always anytime someone brings it up, who's in the industry, it's like it's like it's highly fictionalized. Like it's there's a lot of liberties taken. But if you want to see just like a fun kind of movie, and then also if you want to see 
Chris Pine somehow look unattractive in the worst wig of all time, this is the movie for <laughs> it's you. So long, so, it's so long um, and wiry. It doesn't make any sense for his face, but it's it's really great. So check it out. Okay, um, so that's just for me. Tesh. Who is your first round pick? All right, so obviously I had to go wine, right? Yeah. So, uh, so I would I would pick for, for me if, if I had to pick like a wine that was like the wine of the year, it'd be Champagne Charles Heidzik. Okay. And now, now tell us um, a little bit about it. So here, here's the here's the like the real skinny on Champagne Charles Heidzik and why I even carried it in the first place. Uh, it was probably like two years ago now. One of uh, the one of a notable person in Sacramento who uh, makes his around way around different restaurants uh, put together a private champagne tasting for a number of Sacramento sommeliers. Um, and he did all of these champagnes out of his collection, out of his private collection and just invited us and was like, Hey, come drink this champagne. We'll do a blind tasting. You guys can rate them and pick which champagne is your favorite. Uh, and almost unanimously, uh, everyone's hands down favorite was champagne, Charles Heidzik. Um, and ever since then I was like, man, I, I just, I love the champagne so much. So that if I and and then then of course I brought a bunch of it into my business to sell and share with the world and every single person who's had a bottle of that this year has just absolutely raved about it. So I am yeah. one of those people. Yeah, it's um, it is it is a it is a great great great. Uh... All right, do you still have any in the shop? I, th- I think I have like one bottle left. There you, there and then you. I'll, I'll, I'll order more when it's time. So winewithtesh.com, everybody. So uh, go out and get that one. Okay, so on, on to me right now. And I got to tell you, uh, this is this has been like a, a surprisingly hard thing, even though like this is definitely like my idea kind of all the way through. And as I was going through this, I was telling Chris this earlier. So I was like, God, this is too hard. Why did I do this to myself? You know? Um, and then now kind of having the back-to-back picks, I'm like, what do I do here? What do I, what do I go with? So, so I'm going to start with the cocktail and I was struggling with this, but I think I have to go with my heart. I have to go with what got me here and I have to go with the drink that never lets me down. And that's going to be your classic daiquiri, everybody. I knew that. I Um, knew that was going to be your choice. I knew it. I knew that was was, your choice. It was, it was hard. It was hard not to pick that one. Um, and especially because I was like, I was my my concern, Chris, was that you were going to take it in a spiteful way of me. So I thought about I, it. I thought about so it. I had to make, was more so important. I had to make sure I had to I had to spite you back. Um, <laughs> so so I'm going to go with that. And then for my next move, which I'm feeling pretty good about kind of my choices and stuff like that. Um I'm also going to go booze movie and I'm going to go with probably the greatest movie ever made. I think it won an Oscar for being the greatest movie ever made Um, stars, a young man by the name of Tom Cruise. And that's going to be the movie cocktail baby. So that is going to be my booze movie. Um, Feeling really good about that. What's your favorite scene in cocktail? Oh man, there's just, there's so many ridiculous parts. Um, maybe the scene where like the club promoter comes in to like 
the TGIF Fridays and was like, I want you guys. And then the next scene, you're in this like dystopian future bar <laughs> where everybody like he just doesn't look happy anymore. And you're just kind of like, you're like, this happens all the time in this industry. Like this is the most realistic part of this movie. It's that it's that this is, this has happened. My favorite part about that scene too is that that they're like they're in this like two story dance club of a bar, yeah. In which the two bartenders are literally bartending from a satellite bar, and there's nothing else around. And not only that, do they stop all the action, and they're like, "It's time for poetry. It's time for poetry." So, <laughs> so I good. Mean, The movie is so all over the place and you're just kind of like, you're like, what is happening? And, um, but I, I gotta tell you if that movie is on and I'm like flipping through the channels, it doesn't matter what point it is at the movie. Like I'm watching the rest of that movie. Right. So, um, it, this was a very difficult choice. And I think maybe after we can talk about maybe some of our other prospects that we had, but, um, I don't want to give you guys any good ideas. So, um, so Tesh, (laughs) We go back to you for your second for your second pick of the draft. Okay. Um, let's see. I guess it doesn't matter which order I go in here. I'll go with Spirit since I went wine first. Let's let's do Spirit. Okay. Uh, and I'm gonna go with uh, Nulu Toasted Barrel Bourbon. Oh. Ooh. Getting after that tater I juice. Have not, I have not had that What's one up? yet. <laughs> the tater juice uh it's solid man uh that's uh Gr- grant sells that right and i met grant at good bottle um we're you know as every we meet everyone at, Gr- at good bottle right and yeah. so uh that his family uh brings that over but uh nulu is short for uh new louisiana um prohibition craft spirits uh owned by keith hazel baker uh owns and founded this company back in 2016 um, but they just make really, really good whiskey, man. And the toasted barrel specifically to me was like off the charts, really, really good. Uh, yeah. The, the, if you haven't had it, I highly recommend. I like Can it. you buy it at good bottle? Do you carry that? Not yet. It's coming in in the new year. Okay. There it is. Okay. Chris, you got two picks in a row, my friend. What are you thinking? Uh, I think I have to go uh, Booze Book. Okay. This one, uh, uh, one of the books that just, uh, it it formed me. It formed a lot of my knowledge base. It formed um, a lot of the, uh, a lot of my philosophy and my ethos with, uh, within the booze world. And that's a Joy of Mixology by Gary Regan. It's just, Ooh. it's just a, it's foundational book. Like if you haven't read it, you got to get your hand on it. There's so much history. There's so much like storytelling. Uh, Gaz is just a, he was an amazing bartender and, and like bartended almost up till the day he died. Uh, just, just an amazing man and uh, well loved throughout the industry. Uh, just old school New York bartender, just rad. That makes me uh, think of the, the B movie when they're like, you'll just work us to death. It's like, we're sure going to try. That's what that makes me think of. <laughs> <laughs> just bartending until you die. Yeah, that doesn't sound like fun, right? <laughs> yeah. You're just kind of like, you're like, like, ugh. I mean, do well, you, boo. But, ugh. I will say, Gary Gary's one of those, one of those guys who, um, 
I think did it did it from a place of passion more than uh, more than it being from a, a place of of necessity. Uh, well, it was definitely of, there was joy involved for him. So that's what you joy mixology. Like that's for sure. <laughs> okay, who's your third? Who's your third pick? All right, my third pick is going to be under barware. Ooh, now this, we're getting uh, this this product uh uh blasted for lack of a better uh term uh onto the scene this last year uh okay. it was not not created this year but it like it showed up in in tiktok videos showed up in in instagram reels showed up in instagram pics uh like was all over all over the internet and since that's how we all consumed a ton of our information this year. Like I could not ignore this one. This is the, uh, the, the flavor blaster It's that little, little bubble gun that makes, makes smoke in bubbles, flavored smoke in bubbles that people would knock around the bar sits right on top of your drink. It, it, it costs way too much money. It's like $400, $500, uh, for a single unit. It is nuts. Um, and uh, you know what? I'm here for it, man. That's a that's a beast of a, a beast of a product. It's gonna it's kind of hard to hard to beat. It's called it, it's called the flavor gun. It's called the flavor blaster, sir. Flavor, oh, even better. Okay. <laughs> and because it's European, it's spelled with a fucking U. Flavor, flavour. Oh, the additional one. That's right. Oh, selfish. Um. That's awesome. I mean, it's definitely something that uh, I mean. I know I had a couple couple buddies <clears throat> texting me some of the cocktail items they had received over over the holiday season, and they're like, "What do you think of this?" And I was like, "Well, it was really big in our industry a couple years ago, so it would make sense that it's reached you now." You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's uh, that's fun. Okay, all right, Tesh, you're up. Who's your Who's your third pick? Um, I'll go with booze book this time. Okay. okay? All right. So, uh, kind of like Chris, my, mine was a very, fa- it's a very foundational book. It is actually the first book that was gifted to me, uh, when I got hired in my first restaurant gig, it's called window on the world of wine. And it's written by a gentleman by the name of Kevin Zarelli. And this is one of those books that, uh, when I have a, kind of an understudy if you will when i have somebody who's like a you know a protege who i'm trying to like help grow into the wine world uh i almost always buy them this book because it's a very um it's one it's an easy read but two it's it's one of those books that really takes wine and just breaks it down in terms of uh you being able to enjoy it from a uh, a learning perspective, right? Not just like, like uh, there's, there's the wine Atlas, which is completely dry and yeah. very, very informational. And Hey, this is the soil. This is the, the climate and da, 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 da. Uh, Kevin's really did a good job of just making wine very fun and interesting. And uh, I think it's a fantastic book. Good choice. I almost choice. chose wine Atlas as my book uh, too. It was uh, and and why and don't get me wrong, Wine Atlas is an amazing book. It's just like you know, you have to like really be into wine. To I'm like, a I'm a picture book kind of guy, <laughs> <laughs> and Wine Atlas is perfect for me. Right for sure. For there's, sure. Def- there's definitely some. I actually have it. 
Uh, yeah, I, I have it right next to me. It is a heavy duty book. Uh, in all seriousness, I like I'm in love with maps and maps give me a lot of context that I get to understand things by. And so it's like it's that makes that when you say it's dry, I'd like to me, I'm like, I love like thumbing through that book. Like it just makes everything yeah. make more sense to me. Um, and it's I get a lot of joy from staring at maps. Uh, so it's pretty funny that you said that that's dry. No, that's dope. That's I think good. I, I make glad. up for I make up for uh, my dry knowledge seeking with my ostentatious uh, gregarity. I made that <laughs> God. up. God. All right, moving on. Before Drew's Chris. like my turn. <laughs> yeah, my turn. Two picks in a row. Um, so it looks like the only category that we haven't hit yet is innovation product, and this was a really really hard one. And you know, Chris, we were talking about that. Um, because it's, you know, over the past two years, it's kind of all blended together, right? So you're kind of like, like, when did this come out? And then even when you were trying to reference it, you kind of had to find publications of being like, okay, this came out this year. And, um, so I'm going to go with, uh, with the innovative product for 2021. It was earlier this year. And that was the Tequila Ocho Tropical Cask. Um, they came out with three different types of barrel aging for the tequila ocho and uh of course being drawn to the rums they also did the continental which was a cognac cask uh and then i mean was it two tropical casks I, for sure for sure at least uh the continental and the tropical so i'm gonna that is gonna be my innovative product so that's my that's my third round pick and then where do i go from here I'm going to go with Boo's book. And this is another really tough one. And since I've already gone on a rum daiquiri cocktail, I'm going to go with Holy Smokes. It's Mezcal for the book. Mm -hmm. Um, Holy Smokes is a great, great book for uh, Mezcal education. Similar to the exact same thing that you guys said, kind of like building your foundation. I tell people that, you know, if you if you just read that book, you'll know more than like the numbers getting lower, but like you'll know more than 70 percent of the people out there. It'll give you a good foundation for Mezcal. You know, nothing in Mezcal should be taken as the Bible, but this is a really great place to start, especially this. It's been around long enough that it already has a second edition, and I'm sure that will continue to change. Um, it's also the book that I have bought for the most people. And because I'm just like, you need to read this. You need to you need to have this in your library. So. Um, so yeah, I'm going with Holy Smoke. It's Mezcal. That's my fourth, fourth pick. Uh, all right, Tesh, kick off the next, next, uh, next pick for us. All right, cool. How about, uh, I don't think I've done a cocktail yet, so I'm gonna go with cocktail. Yep, that is correct. And, um, I'm going to go with something that's a little bit tried and true and has followed me from year to year and served me really well. The paper plane. Ooh. Ooh. It, I just I haven't found that drink to get old yet, man. And uh, I feel like it's one of those cocktails where like people say like, oh, like I don't like whiskey cocktails. You're like you're gonna like this one. What's right? it? And yeah. uh, it's equal parts of uh, bourbon, amaro nonino, lemon juice, and aperol. And uh, it just it blends together beautifully, right? I, I mean, I, I know that often you know you you stir it and then you serve it up uh, on a uh, in a coupe. Uh, I like to serve mine on the rocks, um, and it just it drinks really really easy, super easy to make. It's a crowd pleaser, man. 
Lovely choice. One of my favorite bars is named after it. Down in San Jose? That's right, baby. Very cool. All so, right, Chris. Fourth pick. What do you got? All right. All right. Uh, all right. I'm going. Uh, I'm going. Oh, let's see here. I got to get some in before before you guys close it off. So let's uh, let's go with uh, start with spirits. And I'm going to go with Plantation Stiggins Fancy. The, the oh. pineapple rum. Good choice. It's just it is. It's just it's it's just a beast of a product. It is not expensive. It's like thirty five bucks, thirty six bucks. Uh, every almost every bartender I know loves it. The only handful I know who like don't drink it on a regular basis are those who are allergic to pineapple. Um, created by created by amazing bartenders. Uh, part of a, an amazing brand, you know, like um, this is just, it's just a solid, solid product. And, and I think what people love about it is that like, while it's got that really funky fruity pineapple quality to it, uh, it's not this artificial, um, you know, flavoring agent. It's made with like actual fucking pineapple and it's delicious. Um, and so you just end up with like, delicious rum with delicious pineapple and you get this incredibly dope drink. I love it. Okay. So we're at the, so we're halfway through the draft, right? Each of us all have four, four picks is I want to ask you guys, um, because I didn't really give you an opportunity to give too, too much feedback before, but do you think that there's a category that we should have had in, in the booze draft for 2021? Yeah. Okay, do. what do you think it was, Chris? I think we should have found a, a an industry influencer on our team. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would have been a good one. Yeah. So, okay. So just for some insider baseball for our listeners. Initially, we were going to have one more guest on tonight. And um, and it is someone who has quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of that that following and that clout. And unfortunately, he had some family stuff come up and he wasn't able to make it. But that was the only reason that I didn't put it on there was because initially he was going to be a part of it. He would have, and had, I to, thought, he would have had to vote for himself. Well, and I didn't <laughs> and I didn't want to be like, put him first of all, put him in that position. And then uh-huh. second, if nobody else picked him as like their flips, even though he's absolutely one of my favorites from, you know, from the past year. Well, not so, only have we uh, talked about him, but he was all, he's also been a guest on our podcast. He's been a guest. Yeah. I he was going like to be a return guest as well, which was, which was part of it. Okay. So, um, so that, that was the only reason that that didn't, that didn't end up in there. Uh, Tesh, is, is there anything that you, that you wish we would have covered or is there anything that has been chosen so far that you're like, I wish I would have picked that. Um, no, neither. Uh, because this is my first time doing the draft with you guys, right? So I, I didn't even was like, I was just stoked to like participate. So I spent, I spent quite a bit of time just like taking down notes, like what would I pick? And, da, 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 da. Um, <laughs> and then I, I do like the idea of picking uh, picking a, an influencer, right? Because I think that that just is, uh, I think it's it's so a part of our world now, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you can, there's no way around it. It just, it's a part of our world. So I think that that would change, change, you know what I mean? Your, uh, your, your selection, 
your the order and even the order that you would select things in. But yeah, well, that I mean, you know, maybe we do a bonus round at the end. We'll see what we'll see where we're at time wise. Um, but okay, good feedback. And you know, again, I I really I'm I really enjoy this. I think this is just kind of like a fun way to to mix this up. So hopefully, people feel the same way, and hopefully, you guys are enjoying this. Um, but uh, fifth pick, Chris, it's on you. All right, I'm going. Uh, I'm going with cocktail. I'm going. Uh, I'm going Sazerac. Nice. It's it's like the one of the only cocktails that I love so much that I never let anybody else really make it for me. Uh, I'm just <laughs> I'm that picky and I'm just that good. So you know, it is confidence and, is just oozing. And what goes and what goes in the Sazerac? Our listeners okay, uh, so classically, a Sazerac is is either rye whiskey or or uh, cognac, a little bit of sugar, uh, some Peychaud's bitters, and you wash the glass uh, with absinthe. Stir it up, strain it over ice. Uh, sorry, stir it up, strain it over no ice. You put ice Ooh. in my fucking Sazerac. We're going to come to blows. And then you garnish it with a little lemon zest. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I love how like you almost mess up your own favorite drink. So yeah, I know. That's true. <laughs> just... Nobody make this for me. All right, that's, that's yeah. Right. Well, I, the other it. reason is like if I fuck it up, nobody knows, so it's fine. I was just gonna say <laughs> if anybody's gonna fuck up this drink, it's gonna be Chris. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will uh, say. I will say though that I uh, I'm convinced that I make it better, the best version of this cocktail. That exists. How is yours different or more special? I just I'm curious. So I go split base. So I do I do part rye, part cognac, uh, and instead of simple simple syrup, I use uh, um, uh, gum syrup or you know syrup with gum arabic added to it, um, or I use a natural cane uh, sugar syrup, like. Like the one from like um, um, like rum jam or whatnot, you know, something that's got like heavy viscosity to it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the one of the issues with with the Sazerac, if it's made averagely to subpar, is that it ends up being kind of watered down and like the flavors just wash away pretty pretty easily. Uh, so mm-hmm. what this does is it keeps those flavors sticking around and they stay bold and they stay big and they're like, they're, they're in there in your face. So you get to have this amazing cocktail and have it allow it to hang out a little bit longer. Other thing I do is uh, I, I add a little bit of flair, like the original bartenders who made this drink. Uh, uh, traditionally this, this cocktail was thrown up in the air. Uh, at least that's how legend goes. And I'm more than happy to throw anything in the air. So I fucking do that. Uh, and I, uh, I don't throw out the absinthe. I leave the absinthe right there in the drink. Uh, and I'm also not afraid of bitters. So I add more than enough bitters, uh, which just make the, make the drink scream. I also don't, some people add Angostura to their fucking Sazerac and I don't understand that shit. It, it's not, that's not kosher, man. You fuck out of here with that. All right, dude. I, I, I kind of want you to make me one now. You, you, you're definitely passionate about it. I kind of want one next time I come to the shop. Deal. To date, it's happening. Okay, Tesh, your fifth pick. Fifth pick. Let's go booze movie. Okay. 
I feel I feel like you know my all my shit is so wine based, but that's it, that's my world. Uh, uncorked. Yo, that was my number two. Yeah, such a good movie, man. So such good. A for those of you who haven't who haven't seen it, it I, it's a Netflix film uh, about a young man who has to choose between uh, taking over his family business or pursuing becoming a sommelier. Um, but it's just a very very uh, fun and new take on on current life as a sommelier. Uh, you really do have to dive completely into it in order to uh, elevate you know your your base knowledge and take it to the next level. And that's kind of what the movie is about. Well, it's not just that. It's a, it's a it's a young black kid, right? He's yeah, he's like, exactly, you know, right? And, and, and it, they, it they play makes it he- so much more relatable. <laughs> they, they place well I, I, for you for sure, right? I mean, like that's not my world, but but I'm sure that like there's a lot of there's a lot of um, uh, similarities to your experience to what what the experiences were in the movie, right? That that just absolutely you could, those parallels just drew out right and and i mean it just was really really um they played it wasn't too heavy-handed and yet it was so like functional as part of the storyline um it was great i mean they did yeah just a marvelous job of really it, it was such a great way of seeing the seeing the wine industry also see that story yeah for sure and then to see like the, the two sides of it were like, you know, you have the group of people, the group of sommeliers who are incredibly pretentious. And then you have somebody like him who's like, it's it to him. It was like, it was very clear that this is still just a beverage at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Um, and and it, you pick up on that, on that energy and that vibe, which I loved about it. That's an awesome, awesome movie. And I honestly haven't thought about it in so long. I was really curious to see like where you're going to go with it. Cause there's so many different, there's w- so many, movies, man, you know, especially are, like, with, yeah. like with the Psalm series and stuff like that. Right. And then, yeah, the Psalm uh, documentaries. Right. And I almost thought about that. And then I was like, nah, that's a little too on the nose. And I was like, <laughs> no, like uh, uncorked is, <laughs> I see what I did there. Uh, uncorked is actually like uh, an, an enjoyable sit down film. Like, you know, you don't have to be super into wine to like really appreciate it. And then I don't think that you need to be super into wine to appreciate the Psalm documentaries. Uh, I think that they're very entertaining to watch, but um, I think if you're even mildly interested in wine, they become a lot more interesting. Oh, that's great. Uh, okay. So moving on to my fifth and sixth pick, uh, I think I'm going to knock out my booze here and I'm going to start with my wine. And as our listeners know, I've really been into um, a lot of Italian wines over over the past year. And I think the one, and there's a couple of different factors that you play into this, right? Cause it's like, you know, I've got to drink lots of amazing things, but I also want something that, that I feel like people can go out and find, and they're not going to like pay this premium to enjoy just, just what I think is, is good wine. Um, and so that's going to be the, uh, and I'm, and you guys know, I'm going to fucking butcher this, right. <laughs> um, but it's going to be the costs viticulture, Viticoltori in Vittoria, the Frappato de Vittoria 100%. 
expression. IGP or I, I think it's I what it's called. I only the fr- understood the 100% fr- part fr- of it. Frappato is an excellent varietal and an excellent choice to go with. Yeah. And so it's from, so this, this winery is from south, the southeastern part of Sicily. Um, it is organic for the people who care about this stuff, but the average uh, age of the vine, according to them, is is fifteen years. So it's you know it's also a, a relatively younger um, vineyard too, and it's like twenty four bucks. I've I've seen it in a couple of different places. I really like the packaging as well. Um, it's just a cool cool wine that I wish more people drank. Uh, I just really really enjoyed it. So that's so that's my wine. And then for my spirit, I am going to do um, one that is the complete opposite of everything I just said about the wine. It is hard to find, assuming you can even find it. It is expensive, but holy shit, it is fun. Um, And that's going to be the Tozba Sinizo. Uh, Tozba is one of my favorite mezcal producers. Um, At one point, I had the, the privilege of of being able to sell it. We no longer do, but I still keep in contact with them and they made really cool stuff. And, um, you know, Sinizo is an agave that you predominantly see in Durango. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist in, in Oaxaca. It does, but it's predominantly found in Durango. And then, um, where Tozba is, is basically like this dense jungle, uh, where, where they grow their agave. And so they get like all these crazy hybrids there and uh, there's just a lot of different influences that that you don't see across any other um, producers. So so that is that is my spirit of choice is the Tozba Siniso. And if you can get your hands on it, I mean, oh man, it was like buy a few. It well, it's 150 plus dollars for a bottle. Um, but again, it's one that I don't think that they have any left to make more. I don't know for sure, but it was just, it was just really cool. And it's one that I, you know, I wish I still had some of it left and just, yeah, I definitely don't anymore. Um, But it was a really rad mezcal. So that was, so that's my wine. That's my spirit. And Tesh, we're back to you. All right. I'll just keep going down the line then. Uh, Innovative product. Um, mine isn't a, like a product per se. It's it's a product that's used in the production. There's this company called Aroma Lock that um, they won they won an innovation award this year. So I don't know how many years they've been along. I've been around, but I don't think very for, for very long. But they, what they do is they've created a special membrane uh, and a vacuum pump that captures and returns uh, aromatics that are typically lost during the fermentation process. And what it does is it reintroduces it into the environment, into the, the cap area. Um, and it's supposed to help intensify the aromatics of the wine. Um, so it's a it's a fairly new new company called Aromalock again. Uh, but I'm curious and I'm just intrigued to see how that plays out uh, in the long run for, for wine over the next few years. Oh, I love it. That's something I've not heard of that at all. And I wonder... Like, how do you even come to that conclusion? And you're like, you're like, you're yeah, like, you're like right? you know what we need to do? We need to make it smelly again. You know? Right? It's yeah, kinda... it's crazy, right? Like, I was, I was, as I was reading about it, I was like, wow, that's pretty, pretty crazy. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just as curious. I want to know more. Oh, great pick. 
Okay, Chris, you're going to close out your team with your next two picks. That's so right, what do you got? Uh, my, my, I was excited about my my innovative product, but um, Tesh kind of took the wind out of my sails, as it were. And that was uh, that was a, oh, that no, was a really man. cool one. Uh, my, mine is, uh, I talked about this company last episode uh crew supply they do really cool stuff reimagining um everyday used bar bar tools that we're all used to using um stuff that we've seen over and over again and they they just take them tweak them make them more user-friendly you know find all the all the stress points all the uh pain points as they would say in marketing world and they they really just dial it in, make the product as perfect as it can be. Uh, so this year they just released their new Hawthorne strainer and it's beautiful. I mean, not only does it look classy, um, uh, it's the spring on the Hawthorne strainer, um, which for, for those of you who don't know the Hawthorne, there are two strainers that we typically use in the bar. We use a julep strainer, which looks like um, a big slotted scoop. Uh, it's got lots of holes in it, and that one typically gets used for uh, for straining stirred drinks. And then we've got the Hawthorne strainer, which is the one with the spring on it that goes over the top of the tin. Um, their Hawthorne strainer's got like a little bit of wood on it. It's got an elongated handle, um, so it stands up. It's real pretty. It's got um, solid uh, ears on it. Uh, I don't know what the technical term is. I always called them ears. Um on the on the end of the uh on the end of the the cap of the hawthorne strainer um and it's the the tight coil is really key man like it strains out so much so if you're if you're straining out like let's say you shake a mojito that tight coil really strains out a lot of those like leaves and whatnot so you, you don't end up with those in the drink which oftentimes like you know gets you know kind of removes the need for that secondary strainer. Um, so it makes, makes making drinks a little bit more expedient. Um, the, the, this company has been doing an amazing job. I'm a big fan of everything that they do. And, uh, and I just Googled and it. Trainer, it does look really dope. It's real pretty man. <laughs> like, like they did a good job. Not only is it like functional, but it like, it looks real sexy too, which matters, matters a lot to a lot of bartenders. Uh, you know, they, they gotta, they gotta maintain that swag. Uh, so, so just to interject quickly, um, there was this this picture I saw of a guy holding a Hawthorne strainer, and then he has his tin or his his glass underneath, and he's got the tin above it, but he's suspending the Hawthorne strainer between the glass and the tin, right? And it and oh, it was no. and it was it was one of these like liquor accounts, and it was like it's it's like, and it all it so was like. Just another Instagram influencer making cocktails, you know. <laughs> I just, I just was like, that's amazing. So, um, so yeah, that's just make sure that your Hawthorne, if you're if you're making if you're using one, make sure it's in the tin, okay? Yeah, make it's sure like, you're using your tools correctly. Don't, yeah, use it correctly. Okay, so all right, all right so that's your so it is the Crew Hawthorne strainer. Is it is it K R E W? No, Crew Supply, C R E W, Crew Supply. That's right. Okay. All right. Um, so now moving on to your my last final pick, pick which baby. is going to be the category is wine. So what is the wine that you have for us, Chris? Uh, 
my my wine is coming from one of my favorite California producers. Um, coming coming out of one of my newest favorite uh, California um, uh, AVAs. Uh, this uh, this is Sans Liege coming out of Paso Robles and their their bottling of the offering in 2018. It's a Rhone blend, and it's fucking dope. Paso Robles okay. is like is getting blown up. Like people, people left and right are finding out Paso Robles. There, you know, I think maybe three years ago, four years ago, people were like, "Oh, Paso Robles wine, whatever," you know. And now it's like all the wine snobs I know are like, "No, Paso Robles is legit," and like all the, all the casual consumers uh are looking for Paso Robles wine too they're coming into my shop asking for it um we we can't keep the stuff on our shelves we we fly through this stuff um and Sans Liege is made by uh made by a winemaker named Xavier who um first time he came into my shop uh sat down for like a half hour tasting and left like four hours later we just he's <laughs> one of those guys that like you just meet and you just you just hit it off like uh, like immediately we were homies and so the second time he came back uh he scheduled like a solid like two hours to hang out with us and still ended up hanging out for like four hours had had to like cancel another point just because like we get along so well he's just so dope um he's just like this giant frenchman who uh who just loves making wine um he also works on the project the fabulist um with uh with the uh, <laughs> with the field recordings guys, um, uh, they do they do good stuff. Uh, but the, anyway, my- the fabulous Blanc de Blanc was my second wine pick. I was fucking it? love that. It's fantastic. Yeah, so yeah, I almost so I, I love the fabulist. Uh, Xavier, uh, man, he's a he's a beast, dude. And he's um, he's making a name for himself slowly but surely. His orange wine also is fantastic. But I thought like orange wine was a little bit like hipster and esoteric also all at the same time that maybe i shouldn't go with that so i'm choosing the offering which actually actually won uh like wine of the year like a couple years ago uh nice it's just good choice stupid good fucking roan blend okay tesh seventh pick barware what do you got zalto zalto glass zalto glassware um there's glassware and then there's zalto I've never spent money on a Zalto because it's $70 for a glass. Um, but I've been very, very fortunate to be around, surrounded by cool people. And I've been gifted two. Unfortunately, I've broken one. Um, you, it, they, they, uh, they tell you like when, you know, like uh, on their website, if you visit the Zalto website, uh, it says you can feel the difference. And I shit you not, you can feel the difference. Uh, as soon as you hold a Zalto in your glass, you'd be like, this is something special and it's expensive. Uh, it's incredibly fine crystal. It's incredibly delicate. Um, not so much so like it's going to like snap off in your hand, but what I love about the glassware, uh, in particular, they have like a universal kind of, kind of glass. It's kind of perfect for everything. And I, I use my Zalta when I'm at home drinking for everything. I use it for, um, for champagne. I use it for white wines, whether it's light or crisp or big and bold. Uh, same thing, red wines. I drink my Pinots out of it. I drink my heavy cabs out of it. It is the perfect glass, um, and I think that everybody should treat themselves to at least one nice glass 
that they're going to serve themselves special drinks out of. Is that the glass that it like, it starts kind of narrow and then it bows out and then comes back in. Is that the one that you're talking about in terms of like Mm -hmm. the universal glass or is that a different one? That's a different one. I think that Riedel is the one who made that one that kind of has like that, like weird kind of like bow in the bottom. It's the Josephine Um, number three, or I guess they're all called Josephine's. Is that the style, right? I'm looking at it right now. Are they? Sorry, I just I want one now because I feel like I've seen you drink out of one of these glasses before, and it always made me I jealous. Do, and, yeah. I for, and I forgot to ask about it. Um, these are these are freaking cool. I like these. A yeah, lot. Z- Zaltos are cool, man. Just get one universal one, and you'll be set. Um, I would highly, highly recommend that for anybody out there. Where um, can you get them like locally or do you have to order them online? Uh, I, th- I, I think the, I don't know where you could get them locally. Um, there is a distributor for it and I just can't remember who it is. Cause it, the last time I checked, it's been years. Um, but I will find out for you and I'll let you know. Yeah. Cause like now I have to have it in my life. So for sure. That's a great pick. Yeah, it's one of those like ridiculous things where it's like, do I really need a glass of this expensive? And then you get one, and you're like, 100% worth it. 100% worth it. You know, so often, and people have heard me say this before, it's like, it's if, if the vessel holds liquid, it works. And that's not not wrong, right? It's... it's Absolutely. It, that's the case. But when you do get some of the stemware that can really change you know the way that you're perceiving something and you know it's just like it's whether that's funneling the aromas in a certain way or allowing it to open up i mean it's like i get it man i totally i totally get it and and then also sometimes just the aesthetics of kind of busting out that really nice glass to be like i'm giving this wine the best opportunity to shine right and that's like that's how we're going to go about this like i think that's rad so yep you need you need to tell me how to get my hands on one of those because now i want one Um, i got you all right so now for my seventh pick also barware and i have three options in front of me i don't know which one i want to do hmm there's a practical one there's some glassware here, and there's also just kind of a rad one. I think I go with the rad one. I'm going to go with the Beach Bumberry Skull Bar Spoon. Um, it's one of my absolute favorite things. It's a uh, you know, so your bar spoon is obviously going to be used for uh, you know mixing a lot of drinks or stirring a lot of drinks, and then also spooning in different different amounts of of sugar or what what have you. But this one is super heavy. And it has um, it's the silver skull on top with two ruby red eyes in it. And I just absolutely love it. And it feels great in your hand. It's like it just once you kind of get it all down, it's just it really works out great. So I'm going to go with the Beach Bumberry Skull Bar Spoon. Um, they have a couple of different versions of it. Uh, I know, Chris, you've had, I think, a few in the past at, oh, yeah, at the man. shop. Yeah, and it's what I use too. I I love those glass, those uh, sorry, those glasses, those spoons. Um, it took me a little bit, a little while to get used to them because they're so long, uh, and I just yeah. wasn't used to that. And then the the skull on top acts as like a weight, but once you yeah. once once you get it going, man, like, and, and you just you develop a rhythm uh, on your own of just mixing. Like I I can mix with that spoon all night long. It takes so so little effort because it's so well balanced. 
and right uh, you kind of uh, just get that weight going yeah and it's and just, that's it man it goes and like it, going back to shorter spoons i feel like takes me like twice as much effort like it takes like actual like like muscle work to move those spoons now it's you know it's, i never spent significant time behind the bar but i did you know with the move reorganize kind of everything and and just realized how many bar spoons i have which is just stupid considering that i spent little time behind the bar but <laughs> i did make a drink one time with one of those with one of those other bar spoons and i just was like i was like oh my god like this is this is not the business um so okay so all right that completes our draft and let me just let me just run run through this uh for you guys um so in the first round chris took the booze movie bottle shock tess took his wine the champagne charles hetzik i took the cocktail the daiquiri to the second round chris took his booze book joy of mixology tess took his spirit the nulu toasted barrel bourbon and then I took a booze movie cocktail, greatest cocktail movie of all time. And then uh, onto the third round, you had Chris taking his barware, which was the flavor blaster. Tesh went with his booze book, which was window on the world of wine. And then I went with the innovative product and I did the tequila Ocho uh, tropical barrel. Uh, fourth round spirit. Chris went with plantation sick and fancy. Tesh went with the cocktail of the paper plane. I went with a booze book of Holy Smoke, it's Mezcal. Fifth round, Chris went Cocktail Sazerac. Tesh went Booze Movie Uncorked. I went with my wine, which was the Cos Frappato. And then sixth round, Innovative Product for Chris was the Crew Supply Hawthorne Strainer. Tesh was the Innovative Product of the Aroma Lock. And then I did uh, Tozba Sinizo for my spirit. And then the final round, rounding out the draft, Chris went with his wine, which was the San Liege, the Offering. Tesh went with his barware, the Zalto glassware, which we're all getting now, courtesy of Tesh. And then I went with barware, which is the Beach Bumberry Skull Bar Spoon. Okay, fellas, is there anything that you would change about your draft? I got my picks, man. I, I feel good about this. I'm going, I'm, I'm taking it to the finals. Now, if you could have... Because we all, I, I know that we all have we all have notes here. And we have all the things that we that we would have gone with had we not maybe got the number one choice, or maybe called an audible at the end. Looking at your notes now, Tesh, if you could add one more player, uh, a utility player to this team, what are you adding? Man, I, I think I would have to go back with with what Chris said, uh, uh, an influencer of some kind. Well, no, no, um, but like in your current notes in the current categories. Oh, who gotcha. are you picking? In current categories. Oh man. Who would I pick? Like, like out of everything? Yeah, because it's like you have. I would assume you have a list in front of you, and you're like, yeah. "This is this is the like I want to like." Oh, I you know I would have gone with this book, or like, you could have talked me into this book. You know, what do you have anybody that you would pick? Um, no, not really. <laughs> you know, it's a utility player. It's not like a, you're not replacing anybody. No, yeah, no, no. Uh, man, okay, so um. It's not really a book. It's more like a resource. It's called guildsom.com. If I had to replace my book, my quote unquote book, guildsom.com is one of those things that, okay, so I actually have two recommendations for this. It would either be guildsom.com, <laughs> which is a, uh, now now you got me going. It, it's a resource for sommeliers. Uh, it, they have all kinds of training information. They have a compendium of like just super nerdy stuff broken down from like the, the regions and subregions. Uh, of specific parts of the world, what they're allowed to grow, down to like, 
what the alcohol percentage needs to be of the wines coming out of that region, right? Mm -hmm. So it's very, very oddly specific. Another one would be a book called Grapes. Grapes. Simply called Grapes. Uh, And I forget the name of the author, but she was a UC Davis uh, 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 doctor who basically studied grapes and wrote a compendium of uh, grapes that they have found over the course of of studying them uh, and which ones are related and which ones go by different name. And it's like a huge cross reference, like almost like a great Bible. That's awesome. Okay. It's an incredible book. Chris, who's your utility pick? All right. uh, Going under innovation product. Cause I I didn't know that it could be booze also. Uh, So uh, that's good to know for, for next year, for next season. Uh, uh, (laughs) I'm going, I'm going, uh, uh, I'm going to bring on Leopold brothers, uh, three, three chamber, uh, rye, I think is hands down change the game, um, is gonna, gonna send shockwaves through the booze universe, uh, for longer than we know. It's just a, it's a incredible product. It's an, it's an incredible invention, reinvention, re, creation because he didn't invent the still right he just like reinvented it he like he he like deciphered someone's description drew it out based on based on a a worded description of how how a thing operated and uh and recreated this still um wow that looks like a cool bottle i want i kind of want to see if do you sell that no cordy brothers Mm -hmm. has a couple of them cordy brothers Damn it, Drew! You're not supposed to tell people that, man. I can't go afford that shit right now. You gotta give me a. They keep it chance. on the bottom rack. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of stuff on the bottom rack, <laughs> tucked back in the liquor section that like nobody knows is there. It's yeah. like stuff that's been out of stock for years. It's great. It, it's there's, really, there's your insider info. It is. Not, that's the reason to listen to the shows. I tell you where the cool stuff's at. <laughs> it's <laughs> not hiding in Cordy Brothers. Not affordable, and it is like 250 bucks. It's uh, yeah, no, it's, it's pricey. Uh, but it's it is good worth though. it's worth every penny and then some. Yeah, uh, it's incredible. Okay, that's a that that's a good dope. one. Yeah, I guess when I was thinking in, innovation, it was like you know new product to just you know stuff like that. Which then when I saw like when I heard your guys is innovative, I was like I was like oh man, that was a route I could have gone and <laughs> didn't go. So so obviously there's still lots of kinks to work out with this with this whole process. And you know I'm looking at I'm looking at my notes here. And there's still like I don't know I don't know what what route I really want to commit to, but I guess you know I, I'm always trying to educate myself. I'm always trying to educate other people. I'm probably going to go with the Tristan Stevenson Rum Revolution. It is just head and shoulders the best rum book out there. It's always a resource for myself, and so that would be that would be my utility would be the Rum Revolution by by Tristan. Um, but okay, so now. We're going to, I'm going to put these all out. We're going to, I'm going to, you know, have some pictures out online. We need you, our listeners to put together uh, or to vote for who used, who you think team, the collective picks is the best. Um, uh, We don't have a prize right now, but we'll figure one out. But then also, you know, tell us what your picks would, would have been like, who are your, you know, who's. Who's your favorite? What's your favorite cocktail? What's your favorite spirit, wine, booze book, booze movie, innovative product this year, and then barware? Tell us what you guys think. 
Uh, we're looking forward to it. I had a lot of fun. Did you guys have a lot of fun? Was this was this different? Was this good content? Is this good. Yeah, man. I'm, good all, engaging? I'm all about this. I love I love having lots of lots of heady opinions where I get to talk shit to other people about their terrible opinions. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, we don't have a prize, but it's for sure bragging rights that it's like, if you lose this competition, kind of be like, like, well, you know, you said this, but I'm also the draft champion of 2021. So Drew's not allowed to win because he's going to come in with a belt uh, that he'll make. That's what I'm going to do. That's how how I roll. Um, (laughs) So with that, ladies and gentlemen, this concludes the 2021 Good Bottle Draft. Music for the Good Bottle Podcast is orchestrated by the Moore Brothers and produced fucking amazingly finally by these two guys. You're fucking welcome, by the way, world. And before we go kill these bottles that we are uh, drinking, we ask that if you've enjoyed tonight's episode, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. And uh, I can't find my script right now, so I'm totally blanking on what I'm supposed to say. And it's not and it's not pulling up my computer. I know, man. You can follow us on um, but, Instagram and Facebook at the Good Bottle you Podcast. <laughs> you can also support the Good Bottle Podcast. And insert Bye. some ridiculous example, Drew. Yeah, just you can go visit visit our Etsy shop. We got our new 100% agave celebrity agave free shirt on there. I do too. I put it on this weekend. It's super comfy. We encourage you guys to go out there. There's all kinds of different colors you can get into it now. Um, you can also, by visiting uh, uh, Anchor, you can also contribute to the podcast and we will have all kinds of uh, fun stuff. We're actually going to go buy those uh, those Zalto glasses with whatever you guys want to contribute. So, um, Also, for those of you who do not have Instagram who are listening to this episode, uh, uh, we will also give you the ability to uh, to vote for uh, your favorite picks through, uh, through Anchor dot fm as well there will be a link up uh if you would like for us to cover a story or if you would like uh if you're working for a brand that would like to be featured in next season sometime please email us at the good bottle podcast at gmail.com tesh plug your stuff brother where can they find you how can they get a hold of you find me at wine talk with tesh on instagram facebook youtube and then if you just want to visit the website winewithtesh.com he can be your guys' psalm too, you guys. He can be your psalm too. So keep that in mind. Um, I think with all that said, cheers. Cheers. Appreciate the love, guys. None of my Microsoft Word wants to work right now, so I can't see anything. <laughs> it's okay. I'm vibing Fucking out, technology. man. It's all a vibe. We're going we're gonna to rock <laughs> into the new year with this shit. Oh my god.